What will become of Dawn and Betty? What's gonna happen to Pete and Peggy? For Kate, it's a mystery. For Ashley, a mystery. It's time to hear Mad Women. Hello. Hi. Hello, Kate. Hello, Ashley. This is our first season finale. Both of our show Mad Women. Yeah, oh yeah. Wherein I am a madman, mad, mad, madman fan, and you are a madman <laughs> newbie. I am. And we recap these shows, but also it is our, it's the season finale of season one of Mad Men. And what a doozy it was. What a doozy it was. Holy, I have, I have copious notes. I have been looking forward to you, like, there is nothing else that happens in the entire series that I've been looking forward to as much as you seeing this episode. All right. You have mentioned that several times. I know. I kind of never shut up about yeah. it. Did it. Did it live up to my hype? Yes, I... Well, no, here's the thing. Okay. I still kind of think that last ep yeah. was more the ultimate ep. And this could have even been like a season opener maybe yeah i don't know it was a doozy though i'll tell you that much. yeah it was a doozy we can talk about how they're both kind of like parallel finales somehow Ooh, okay that's just a word i made up that's like but <laughs> you're right like it does have Let's this is season it. one Our... episode 13 but first we have to talk about <laughs> what you predicted was going to happen all right you said Pete is going is just going to look for every opportunity to take down or undermine Dick Whitman. Okay. Snatch away his hanky, pee in his liquor, <laughs> hide creme de menthe in his office. Yeah. And possibly bug his office in a spy-like wire right. fashion. Right. Was I mean, wasn't so hot on that one. Yeah. He he wasn't quite as uh loony to his, <laughs> as you were thinking it would be. It never is. Yeah. You said that Peggy would catch Pete and sit on him. <laughs> and that her weight gain throughout the season was all leading up to her just incapacitating Pete by sitting on him until Don could come. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Cooper would remain oblivious to everything and have seven more bonsai trees. Um... Joan and Paul would start a sordid love affair, mm. and there would be four more plays written about Joan's various <laughs> erogenous zones that they would perform. Wow. All right. You know what is my favorite part of this? Tell me. Is when you read back to me my predictions, yeah? because I 100% uh -huh. forget them. Yeah. Like, if you were I, to ask me same. what did you predict, I would say... Yeah. Something crazy. I said something ridiculous <laughs> that had absolutely yeah. no merit or bearing. And right. that is as And much having as actually I know. like watched the episode, it's not like right. you're keeping these in mind. <laughs> I don't even remember that predictions are made, <laughs> much less what they are. So I'm also it's a true always story. pleasantly surprised. Um, every time. For some reason you called you said it says Hildy and Harrison. Okay. And so, I all right, it's not Pete, it's not Harry. Stan. Harry. Okay, yes. <laughs> yeah. You knew his name and I didn't. Yeah. All right. 
But it's written down Harrison, and then I just got real confused. Oh, okay. But you said that Hildy would buy Harrison glasses, okay. like a series of them, like cat eyes, John right, Lennon glasses, right, right, bifocals, etc. Right, right. And Betty would become the television. She would <laughs> meld into the furniture because she's as coherent as a sofa. And then Glenn would rub oh. the hairy couch. Oh. So you... You remembered Glenn and brought him back. Well, you remembered his name. I think I said, like, the creepy little boy. A hundred percent. That's what happened. (laughs) I don't remember, but that's what happened. And your lingo prediction was, why I oughta. Mm, Okay. You know. All right. I didn't exactly remember. All right. (laughs) So this episode, the season finale, it starts with, Trudy discussing interior decorating with her mother and like there it's it's Trudy and Pete with the in-laws right they're decorating yes Trudy is just making that house a home she really is and Pete's father-in-law would like it to be taken a step further by having a little little Peteling in the household listen all he wants is for his daughter to get laid he is I mean... all about <laughs> fucking. Yeah. And it is weird. Uh-huh. It's weird. I mean, I get yeah. it, right? Like, yeah. they want grandbabies, but he's like, hey, mm-hmm. why, why aren't you fucking my daughter right? Yeah. Why are you working so hard when you could be procreating? Exactly. Start growing things. Yeah. Tend your own garden. Mm-hmm. And we find out a couple of things in this scene in addition to... Uh, Trudy's parents being super horny for her daughter. <laughs> uh, that his in his dad his dad in law is a top salesman at Vicks Chemical, and they just got Clearasil, which is one of those like, hey, hey, people in the two thousands, you <laughs> do you recognize this really famous brand that's still around? Maybe you should listen to this. And also, we know that Thursday is going to be Thanksgiving. Yes. So here's what's interesting. I pegged Thanksgiving immediately. Yeah. Because, and I don't remember why. Oh, because the dad was talking about football. He was talking about Mm. Nixon. Nixon never had a chance. If you watch this football game, blah, blah, blah. And for Mm -hmm. some reason, I was like, oh, it's Thanksgiving. I thought it was like that day. I thought it was Thanksgiving day. And that's why the family was over. But that was interesting to me that I was so clever. Mm. You were so (laughs) in tune. So I read a article from the av club about this episode and she points out something that like it's like oh yeah of course they are there's a lot of mad men episodes around holidays whether it's like a holiday holiday or even like the election that's kind of a holiday right kind of thing yeah and so this is just another and it's just a i don't know it's a nice it's a nice family centered but also advertising centered Mm -hmm. uh Kind of double whammy there. Yeah, because then we go to Betty and Don in bed, mm-hmm. and she's yeah. all butthurt that he's not going to come to Thanksgiving, and he says that 80% mm-hmm. of his business goes out the building that week. Like, that's yeah. when 80% of their business happens. And I was like, oh, okay. Which was a little surprised. Like, why think, but I guess, but then I was like, Black Friday. Did I? But was that yeah. a thing in 1960? I don't think Black Friday specifically was, but there's still... I don't know what the advertising landscape was in 1960 around Thanksgiving. Yeah. Because now when I think um, advertising, like, huge advertising week, it's Super Bowl. Yes. And I'm sure um, that wasn't true back then. 
Well, I will say the, I mean, at this point, the only television advertising that we've really seen this, this semester, this season, <laughs> is when Pete decided to fill up the airwaves with laxative ads. Right. To defeat the, to mess with Nixon. Right. Or, or no, to mess with Kennedy. Kennedy. And. And I think, like, you know, we kind of... All, the, my, the first kind of advertising I think of is a TV ad. Yeah. Personally. Or now maybe an Instagram ad. <laughs> but, like, where they're at right now, television is, is an afterthought. Right. And I will tell you, it will become... Like, that's one of the things that we get to see in this Ooh. the course of the series, is television becoming more and more of a big deal. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime ads well, right. weren't a big deal back then. Right? No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. I don't th- I don't think traditionally of Thanksgiving as a big advertising week other than Black Friday. Yeah. And the Super Bowl ads wouldn't have been happening then, which is yeah. now when I think of like big advertising weeks, it's Super Bowl. For sure. I'll also say I I don't even know if I believe Don's saying eighty percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I think too. he just doesn't want to go. Right. To Thanksgiving with his in-laws. Well, and he even says that. She's like, I just think you don't want to go. And oh, yeah. he was like, was I unclear about that? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. But what's interesting is immediately, just in these first two scenes, mm-hmm. we figure out this whole ep is going to be about family. Yeah. In one way or another. It's it's Pete's yes. family. It's mm-hmm. Don's family. It's mm-hmm. Betty's family. It's Peggy's family. Mm. Mm. it's it's ken is no harry yeah it's harry's family for sure it's all this whole ep is about the old Mm -hmm. fammy fam which you know ties into the advertising uh like the actual pitch the kodak yep yeah yep so speaking of harry we find out that he has ratted himself out and told his Mm -hmm. young wife that he cheated on her and he tells her that he's staying at Ken's house, but he's actually just sleeping at in the, the office. office. Right. And then we find out that Daddy Menken called Bert Cooper. Yeah. And so like, there's left. there's more yeah. family, right? Mm-hmm. Now we're dealing with Mama Merkin's family. That's right. And yeah, she's just apparently gone. But do you think she's yeah. really gone? Or I do wouldn't... you think that's just her excuse to not have to deal with that mm-hmm. account for a while? Um, I don't. I, I, when I heard it, I did not think that it was a lie. I just thought like, oh yeah, she's a rich woman who was just kind of jilted. I wouldn't blame her for spending Thanksgiving on a... Three months, apparently. She's going for three months. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long time. (laughs) (laughs) That's a real long time. Hey, when you're rich, they let you do it. They let you do it. They, yeah. they let you, well, okay, we're not going Anyway, <laughs> uh, so we kind of, that's just like little, those are like little bits of, here's the fallout from last episode. And then who do we, who do we hear at the door when Betty comes home? Mm-hmm. Perpetually pregnant Patty. Perpetually pregnant Patty. And when she's saying, I'm so stupid, I'm so stupid, I was like, yeah. bitch is pregnant again. <laughs> here we go she done got herself so? re-knocked up that's what i initially <laughs> thought that she was just uh stressed out about being pregnant yes even perpetually pregnant patty can't re-pregnate that quickly I guess. 
But she is like friggin' torn up. You know what she has? What does she have? Actual human emotion. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm not used to what that looks like. Right? Yeah. No, yeah. she that whole scene I I felt like she did such a great job. Yeah. She's a great actress. I mean, her hair like her hair was frazzled. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I love that because a lot of times I feel like on this show that when they make the ladies look frazzled or unkempt, they're still mm-hmm. so quaffed and so beautiful. Yeah. And like, yeah, even their attempts to make Peggy look like a fat, fat monster. It's like, it's not, <laughs> it's not working, you know? Yeah. So, but it was yeah. nice to see like her hair actually mm-hmm. kind of a mess and like, yeah. she's in jammies and this big overgrown coat yeah. and she actually looks like somebody who has a newborn and just gave birth and you know so true yeah yeah that's a really good observation yeah she's legitimately distressed yeah she looks like a mess and then she's you know i love that she's like the phone bill was 18 (laughs) dollars i I loved that like emphasis $18. Uh (laughs) And I love the line. She's like, so I called and a woman answered. And and Betty was like, okay, whatever. And professionally pregnant Patty says, what woman would be answering her own? What woman Mm -hmm. would be who lives in Manhattan would be answering her own phone? And I was like, yeah, that's funny. (laughs) It it definitely like speaks to just like a whole bunch of social norms that don't apply anymore and just like with the 18 dollars, the way she delivers it like we know what they like it's just as foreign as the idea of 18 dollars being a super expensive phone bill and right right. but because she's a good actress she can help us understand what we are supposed to mean right by it right i liked that betty because betty is doesn't want to admit she like is so she knows don is not faithful right but she just refuses to admit it, and she says that maybe it was a caterer for a surprise <laughs> He's party. Planning a surprise, <laughs> and I love perpetually pregnant Patty's like legitimate laugh, <laughs> like you dumb bitch. Yeah, <laughs> I loved that. Yeah, and then she says that she was gonna poison her entire family. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Betty's like, well, what's the worst case scenario? And she's like, well, worst case is I'll poison him. Maybe I'll poison his parents. Maybe I'll poison my parents. Maybe I'll poison my children. Maybe I'll poison my future children. Maybe I'll poison your children. Maybe I'll go down yeah. to the river and poison everyone. She turned. Ooh. Okay. So if 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 Pete is gonna be son of Sam, I feel like especially pregnant pregnant Patty is gonna be the Joker or something. <laughs> Like Gotham's yeah. water supply is 100% compromised. Perpetually yeah. pregnant Patty is absolutely the Joker. Yeah, it's I, all something like that. It's all that would be a better universe. movie than uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. <laughs> <laughs> I really did not like that movie. Yeah. So Betty acts dumb, and like Francine actually says, "Like I thought you'd know what to do." Right. Like she's going to Betty because she's like, "Well, your husband, you know, dicks around wherever right. he can." Uh, and she's like, what? I don't know. Why would I know what to do? I don't know. But then the girl comes home. <laughs> yeah. The Not one, just Sally. The one who does but... the cooking and the cleaning. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and this is Carla. And it's the first time we actually see Carla. And Carla's actually around a lot. 
And so the article I read pointed out that like, she's a, you know, a character on the show and she's introduced just kind of very late. (laughs) She's the last episode of the season. Yeah. But I just like her. And then I I made a fashion note. (gasps) Oh. Just saying that Betty is wearing a big blue coat with a huge lapel and shoulders. (laughs) It's just her coat was really fascinating to me. Well, and I noticed in that same scene, speaking of mm-hmm. fashion, that she's wearing pants. It's very mm-hmm. rare that we see her. She's wearing little pedal pushers. Yeah. She's wearing like a light blue kind of chunky knit sweater and black mm-hmm. pedal pushers and black flats. It's very uh, easy to get around. <laughs> Unlike her. It was very Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. These, like, little black pants. But it's, I mean, we're always seeing her in these, like, fancy dresses. Yeah. yeah. So that in itself was notable. All right. All right, Betty, we see you. Uh-huh. So she's, she sneaks their phone bill to do a little detective work. Yeah. And then we see old Duck Phillips leading his meeting, being super pushy. Yeah, I had totally forgotten who that guy was, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> who is this? I just figured it was like uh-huh. another Lucky Strike account or something, and I was like, who yeah. is this super pushy client? He's <laughs> like, hey, boys, if, if I'm here before you, you're late. And I was like, this is weird. That would be a fun twist, <laughs> that it was a client <laughs> who starts talking about how they sat in the steam room for an hour and a half and lost four pounds. <laughs> right. Which sounds great. I hey, I'll take it. I would I would kill for a steam room right now. Mm-hmm. I'd poison my parents. I'd poison your parents. Poison the whole river. I'd poison the <laughs> I won't say which river. I don't wanna be uh Harvey Updiked. Okay. And then speaking of people being pushy in a meeting, we see Peggy <gasps> oh. casting the relaxicizer. Oh my goodness. I I don't know about Peggy. Yeah. I don't know. What are you thinking? Well, it's not so much in this scene. It's in the next one right. when Annie comes back. In this, So in this one, I liked her. She yeah. was like, she knows what she wants. She came up with mm-hmm. this this copy for yeah. this product. She knows how she wants it to sound. And I agreed with her. Annie seemed like the better choice between yeah. Annie and Rita. And I uh-huh. loved when Ken is like, well, I'm going to say it was your idea. And she says, it was my idea. Yeah, that's a pretty... I mean, I know you normally dish them out but i'm gonna yeah that was very strumpety trumpety of her yeah i love that and i love the new name the relaxicizer yes <laughs> like i can't what was the other one the rejuvenator, rejuvenator. yeah relaxicizer because it's it's got the exercise but also the relax mm-hmm. and then i i just start thinking of the friends scene with the relaxy taxi or the relaxy cab <laughs> you know it's not the relaxy cab it's the relaxy cab like taxi cab (laughs) (laughs) i think i probably think up that little line at least once a month (laughs) like that probably every time i think or see taxis (laughs) that comes up in my head (laughs) is that not normal no i mean it's only been 15 years of that yep if not more probably 20 yeah probably 20 probably it ended in 2004 (sighs) So it's definitely been at least 20 years. It ended in 2004. It ended in two. I know that because that was the year I graduated high school. Mm. That's a special, special time. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Anyway. Then we go back. Betty is smoking and drinking and yelling at Don. And he's going to stay in the city. And she's like, well, you're not going to 
see us for four days and you're not going to see us now. Oh, yeah. She was real crabby. She yeah. was real crabby. I was like, she's going to poison Don right right here, right now. Mm-hmm. You look ready to poison that man. <laughs> Don't eat anything, Don. <laughs> Don't trust it if you haven't killed it and cooked it yourself. Right. But she gets like super confident. She's like starts. She she played dumb with Francine, but now she's starting to like almost push Don toward trying to admit something. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it seemed like it. It seemed like she was ready to just come out with it. Mm-hmm. She's saying, you know, while well, Francine told me that what's his name Carlton is mm-hmm. cheating on her, just like you, Don. Yeah, that's what her eyes said. That is what her eyes said. I mean, um, kind of, because she only has a little bit of human emotion. <laughs> but I mean, but she did like have. They did have like a staring contest. They did at some point, and Don lost. So uh huh. Um, then, like you mentioned, Kodak wants uh, them to give him a pitch for something called a donut or a wheel. Mm-hmm. The whole name of the episode. To the reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just drop that little bit in. And then they move on. There's a lot of a lot of shucking and jiving in this episode. <laughs> Good lingo. Good lingo, Kate. Thank you. <laughs> you can see predict if they'll do that next time. <laughs> so then we get to that next scene where... Ken and Peggy are in the booth, and it's just Annie. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't think she was doing a bad job. I agree. I think she was doing great. I was like, damn, I'd buy that sex toy from this lady. <laughs> <laughs> Ken tells Peggy to give Annie a direction. Mm-hmm. And all that Peggy can tell Annie is just be more confident. Mm-hmm. And Annie is like, what do you want from me? Right. <laughs> And, of course, she becomes less and less confident because she's getting yelled at. Right. Well, and she's specifically like, imagine you have a husband. Oh, I know mm-hmm. you don't, bitch, but just pretend mm-hmm. like your yeah. life is good. Yeah. And poor Annie is just so yeah. upset. Mm-hmm. I feel so bad for this girl. Yeah. She's like, I am being me. Yeah. She's like, go back to just being you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like Ken says that a woman who looks like that will never sound confident because she never is confident. Yes, I like that too. And it was almost like Peggy, because she's never seen herself as like the pretty young thing. When she sees a beautiful woman who seems to have the world on a string, she's like demands of her to have all of her shit together. Right. I don't know. It's like Annie disappoints Peggy by not being the super confident person right well because to peggy it's like what on earth do you have to not be confident about Mm -hmm. everything is handed to you you know or so peggy would think Mm -hmm. and then i love when peggy's like okay go goodbye yeah and ken is like you could have gone in there to say that (laughs) yeah and peggy's Uh, like go and console her (laughs) or whatever it is you do yeah she's like essential i don't know go Go smooch the, the person we just fired. Right. Because that's what y'all do. Go make her and, feel better. And then call Rita. She's probably home with the relaxicizer right now. I <laughs> loved that line. <laughs> that was so good. That was so good. And then Ken just pats her on the head. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which was really funny. I mean, it's clear mm-hmm. that these guys, and we see this later, but it's clear that these guys really, like, admire her in in some way and like 
this thinking about it like is this the first time we see her working with a man in the office who's not don who is like treating her as a normal human being yeah because ken is legitimately like giving her tips Mm -hmm. and and just like discussing it like he would with any other fella Mm -hmm. so it's a nice it's nice to see and peggy is certainly taking advantage of it Yeah, I don't know how strumpet trumpety she was in that scene, though. I did not. That made me sad. Because there's, yeah. there's, you know, there's being assertive. There's being yeah. the boss. There's being the mm-hmm. head or in charge of something. And then there's mm-hmm. just being mean. And you know what Joan tells her later is to not forget where she started. Right. And so it's like Peggy's going to have to walk that line. There will be more expected of her than is expected of the men. Right. With the same job. Right. And so she wants to just be, like, pushy, which makes sense, because, like, if you're being pushed around all the time, then you kind of have to strong arm your way back. Mm-hmm. But she can't just be an asshole. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Then we have a very sad scene where Don oh. is looking through the photos that he got from, well, he got from Pete. Right. And he calls Adam's hotel. And it's just, like, the dude working the front desk who's like, oh, yeah, he hung himself. Yeah. Which was really interesting how he says that he left a bunch of money to the building. Yeah. Which, is that what happened? Or did he maybe think that Don was going to come and get it and, you know? I wondered if in that box that he sends Don, because he Mm -hmm. sends it right away, if he says hey, come to the hotel, get your money, or, you know, like, says something. Because I feel like he's writing a note. Well, I think he wrote the note at... So the sequence of events from that episode were he's he's mailing the package, and then... And then he goes and writes the note. In the apartment with... So I'm guessing that the note was left with the money. Got it. And And I kind of wonder, I mean, it's all supposition, but, like, did... Was he like, hey... Sorry for having to clean up my dead body. Here's $5,000. Right. I don't know. Right. But then the hotel guy's like, the city took it. Right? Yeah, right. We didn't even get to keep it. It was in the post. Oh, yeah. Come on, Don. Do you right? know the New York Post? Right. Yeah, but then poor Don is so sad. Yeah. And he can't yeah. tell anyone. Yeah. Like, here is this big family moment. This big, like huge family thing and he literally Mm -hmm. can't tell a soul yeah it's the day before or a couple days before thanksgiving and the one family member in his entire world is dead yeah (sighs) yeah you know that's just kind of the life you sign yourself up for when you when you fake your uh, death and assume an identity where did i just see that happening oh wait a minute Here's a a huge question that I had from the last episode that came to me well after we talked about it. Okay, please. What happened to the real Don Draper's family? Why was no one confused when he didn't come home? What an interesting question. Oh! Oh! All right. Um, I mean, as you see, like, we learn... The 10 years between that happening and uh, the present day, Mm -hmm. we're learning it 
in certain flashbacks and interactions with, you know, people from Dawn's past. Yes. And there's six more seasons, baby. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I'm glad that wasn't just a ball that was dropped because I was oh, like, no. this doesn't make sense. Yeah. that's And it is one of those things, though. We were like, whoa, that happened. And then later you're like, wait. Right. There's a lot of questions right. that are raised. Like, wait missed. a minute. Wait a minute. This was a lieutenant in the army. What are the odds <laughs> that he has zero family, yeah. zero ties, <laughs> nothing going on? Hey. Interesting. You know, uh, it's, uh, it's the 60s, baby. <laughs> I'm just going to keep calling you baby. <laughs> All right. So we've got Betty. She has she found finally... an unrecognized number yes. on the phone bill. She finally opens the phone bill. And who does who 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 answers when she calls that number? Now I here's what the thing. I okay. knew that she was not going to find the number to a bunch of ladies. She was not going to find yeah. ladies' numbers because Don smarter is that. smarter than that. And yeah. he has a whole office where he can be calling people. He Absolutely. doesn't need that business. But I was not expe- I didn't know who was going to answer. But it yeah. was the psychiatrist. Yeah. It was a really, honestly, I for, I didn't realize that's what was going to happen either. Yeah. But it was like a really neat, that's just been like a runner through this season. That is not, a, it's not like every episode has Don talking to the psychiatrist. Right. It's like every few episodes you were reminded it was happening. Right. And now we find out, or Betty finds out. Well, and I don't and know she... why it didn't occur to me that she wouldn't know that that was happening. That that would be mm. such a surprise and such a shock to her. Because it almost seems like she would, in this era, when men yeah. are so involved in, in the, the goings-on mm-hmm. of their wives, especially for this thing that he didn't even really want her to do and was very reluctant about, yeah. has a great deal of concern about, it's surprising mm-hmm. to me that she wouldn't think that they were talking about her. It, it would make sense for her to suspect that just because mm-hmm. of all of those reasons. I think this series made it a point that every time Don talked to him, it was very, very secretive. Mm-hmm. Like he was, it was always like after late at night. To bed, yeah, that's late true. At night, that kind of thing. Right. So I think they they wanted to make it clear that it wasn't just like he was calling her doctor and getting an update. It was like, this is Don doing something shady. Right. And clearly she didn't know. And then I wrote, so the next scene, Don is asleep in his office Mm -hmm. and it, and it made it clear. So Betty, when she made that phone call is sitting alone in bed Mm -hmm. and it's like, my husband isn't coming home tonight. Right. I'm going to call. So she was probably half expecting him to answer mm-hmm. whatever this number was. Yeah. So yeah, she's just keeps kind of being pushed away. And like, she's at this, crit- if Don realized what was going on in Betty's head right now, he probably would have behaved differently. Mm-hmm. But because she keeps getting like pushed further in the direction of being suspicious. And- right. Yeah. So- he has, he has no idea that she knows. And he, I think mm-hmm. he has very little, um confidence in her and her ability to figure things out he thinks she's just a big old dumb dummy he thinks she's a child yes he definitely does and you know it it kind of brings us to so this next scene he's sleeping in his office because he's drunk but then harry is walking by in his underwear with a trash can that's on fire yeah 
I love that. And I, I, in the article I read, it talked about how Don is this very experienced philanderer. Mm-hmm. And he's got a wife at home who's, like, trying to sniff him out, but he doesn't think he'll ever be caught. Whereas Harry has cheated on his wife once, told her, like, immediately, and is now, like, if that was Don, do you think Betty... I don't know. This actually might even be contradicted later in the series. But I feel like <laughs> Don would be like, I'm I'm sleeping in my own house. I'm not... Yeah. You can't kick me out of my house. Right. Right. You can go sleep at your mother's if you really need to. Right. Well, clearly she wouldn't kick Don out because she knows that it's happening and she's still yeah. not kicking him out. Yeah. I mean, she, she knows. Mm-hmm. She knows. She's just, like certain other women, doesn't want to admit it to herself. Mm-hmm. I just need to reflect on harry and his little funny butt jogging into don's office it was real funny it was it was so cute it, i mean i appreciate <laughs> i you know how i feel about uh period specific undergarments yes you have strong feelings. i have very strong feelings about and how did these fly they were they were great they were perfect okay. 1960s little tidy whities <laughs> that were not so tight no <laughs> uh, i love that he didn't seem at all embarrassed. No. Like, he didn't really cover himself up much or try to grab a pillow. or He was no. just like, yeah, now I'm here. I mean, I, I feel like that was kind of a thing back then, though. I feel like there that was... men hung out in their underwear? Kind of. Or at least that there was less, there was less shame about it. I don't okay. know. Like, I think about... Yeah guys in the locker room in the 1960s mm-hmm. you're just naked like dogs i think about that it. too <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i feel yeah. like there was a, i feel like the idea of toxic masculine not that mm-hmm. they weren't toxically masculine then because mm-hmm. obviously it was just a different version it was of a it. different kind and yeah. now it is very much about like if i show any kind of vulnerability or sensitivity mm-hmm. at all i am not yeah. masculine enough so when duck phillips was in the steam room for an hour and a half do you think he had a a towel around him or was no, it no he was free ball nuts akimbo nice oh yeah all right 100%. i'll have to watch that yeah <laughs> <laughs> ah so they're talking about the wheel we find out that harry was a photographer in wisconsin mm-hmm and like to take, he, he's talking about the caves at Lascaux and like the well, he, yes. signature. He says he takes, he hands. took hands, artsy, he said artsy craftsy uh, pictures mm. and that he had a whole series of handprints on glass because mm-hmm. he was inspired by the handprints on the, on the cave paintings. Which is really nice sounding to me. It is. He, he's a sensitive boy. He is. Clearly, because he immediately went and told his wife about what uh-huh. a dirty, dirty man he was. Yeah. he's He's got good parts to it. Yeah. So Don kind of like, is like, okay, meeting over, goodbye. Yeah. And then he curls up on the couch and something about seeing him like actually trying to get comfortable on the couch was just very endearing to me. Aww. I don't know. Just seeing this full-grown man kind of wiggling his hips. Yeah. To, it was just really cute. <laughs> All right. This terrible, terrible person. <laughs> this terrible person who is so uncomfortable deep within his soul. He really is. Uncomfortable as a human. Can't get comfortable on a mid-century his wife, modern couch. 
his wife is cozy in their bed right now. Mm-hmm. And what is he doing? Drinking with Tidy McWhitey and <laughs> shimmying his butt on a couch. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Betty's back in her blue coat. Oh boy. And then we get to see your best friend. Oh my goodness. It's Glenn. Oh. He's back. I was like, I, I I feel like if you had a bird eye bird's eye view of me while watching the scene, you would uh-huh. just see me squirming. <laughs> like trying to take notes, but also just like really viscerally uncomfortable. <laughs> that like which was more uncomfortable, Glenn being Glenn or Betty being Betty? Betty, hundred yeah. percent. He was like, so she, so she's walking into what the grocery store? I think so. Is that where they are. So she's walking yeah. up, and she sees Glenn sitting in the car. And I forgot that's who it even was at first. And yeah. then he rolls the window down. And she's like, "Hello." Yeah, it's been a Glenn. while. Yeah. And uh-huh. I was like, "Oh, here's another creepy little boy. She's gonna creep on." <laughs> You thought she was just finding another one? She's just preying on them. Oh, Lord. Well, but then he says, I'm not allowed to talk to you. Yeah. My mom and my dad say I'm not allowed to talk to you, which is interesting because dad's not even in the picture. Yeah. So, like, she's gone fully. We need a full frontal assault on this creepy neighbor. Mom told dad and dad was like, oh, hell no. And she says, I don't care. I'm not allowed to talk (laughs) to you. I don't care. Yeah, my mom will be my mom out will any minute. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, and even the way she delivered the lines, yeah, in her like robot Betty voice, I was like, yeah. "You are so terrifying." It was really unsettling, and poor little Glenn. Oh, oh my god! Oh my and god! Then she's like, "I can't talk to anyone because even her therapist, she now knows, is not a safe space." Right. And, she just you know, says, "I'm so sad." <laughs> I am so sad. <laughs> I have hurt feelings. I want cry now. <laughs> Hold hand. And then he reaches his little mitt. Yeah. Out that tiny little cracked window, and she she try. I said I wrote she tries to cry. Oh God. <laughs> Betty tries to cry, and she's she like, does. "Hey, small child, tell me that everything mm-hmm. will be okay." And he's like, "Uh, no." Well, he says, I don't know. I wish I was older, I I which was is so, older. makes me so sad. I know. Because it's like, yeah, that's how kids feel. I can't help you, grown woman. Right? What a fucking predator she is. And also, I don't know how long 20 minutes is. Oh, <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble. That one broke my heart. Yeah. But he says, I don't, I don't really know how long 20 minutes is. That's, oh. yeah. It's like, a lot of times, Glenn... They make him seem, like, older than he is somehow. Mm-hmm. But in this scene, he was just, like, a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like, I want to be nice to you, but I'm following the rules right. and I don't know how to help you because I'm a little boy. Right. Oh. I'm very small and I have no money. <laughs> She's such a predator. Like, that yeah. was so... That whole scene was so predatory. Not, like... Yeah. You know, not obviously sexually or anything like mm-hmm. that, but just trying to, like... Like emotionally. Yes, a very yeah. emotionally predatory of a small yeah. child. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, poor little Glenn. Creepy-ass Glenn broke my little heart. And I, I read a fun fact oh, I'm ready. about this scene is that 
the bushes, the hedges behind the car were all CGI'd in. Oh. And when they shot this, it was over 100 degrees. Damn. Yeah. And so they're in, like, it's Oh, and his little mitts, right? Oh, yeah. God. Poor baby. They're, they're all in. Like winter you know? clothes. Yeah. Because yeah. especially since it's New York, it's not like. Right. You know, it's November in California, which I'm sure is where mm-hmm. they shot it. Yeah. In August. Right. Which is why it was 100 degrees. Right. Yeah, they probably exactly. shot it in August in California. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was exciting that I, I learned. Look Once again, you. I wish I had office ladies pull, but I'm just mad women. There you go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> okay. So then Pete and his shit and eating grin come in to say, just to like, literally brag to Don that he brought in the Clearasil account, mm-hmm. got a bonus and a book by Ayn Rand. <laughs> I loved that. I loved yeah. that. Bert just will not stop. I with the love Iran. it. It's so cute. <laughs> yeah. That was such a cute detail. Yeah. And he literally says, like, it matters to me that you're impressed. Yes. It matters to me that you're impressed. That I impress you. It matters to me that oh, I yeah, impress yeah. you. And once again, though, it's like, it's just your father in law. Like, another thing that was handed to you. Right. Why are you so proud of it? It's this? not like he had to work hard for that. He was literally yeah. like, hey, you want me to knock up your lady? Uh-huh. Make sure I got the bucks to take care of your grandbabies. <laughs> it was very strange. Yeah. Also, I did not look this up, but I'm going to right now. I want to know how much $100 was in 1960s dollars. Oh, man. And then find out $18. Oh, yes. And find out $5,000. Okay. We already said 5000 Yeah, we figured that one out. That was quite a lot. Okay, so $100 in 1960 is the equivalent in purchasing power to about eight hundred seventy nine dollars and thirty two cents. All right, so that's uh, I mean, it's I'm not a chunk. Use at it. It's a chunk. Yeah, you want to think of like a Manhattan executive bonus being mm-hmm. in the multiple thousands, right? Um, eighteen dollars was the equivalent of one hundred and fifty eight and twenty eight cents. That's a lot for a phone. That's bill. a lot for a phone bill. Yeah, I'd be mad if my husband had a hundred and sixty dollar phone bill. Yeah, especially because phone bills are cheap. Like landlines? Yeah, even long distance. Now. Even long distance is cheap. And of course, long distance there is Manhattan. Manhattan. <laughs> I love <laughs> that. Like, where they're in like little Reading or some little tiny mm-hmm. suburb. That's not a place. Um, <laughs> it can be yeah. in, in your version of Mad Men. I mean, I don't know about New York, and I don't have to. You don't. <laughs> I refuse. We go back. So now Betty is actually at her therapist, and her therapist never knew that she's the one who called. Mm-hmm. And so she starts kind of chatting with him and, like, just saying regular old mother stuff, but then drops a little, I think I would be happy if my husband was faithful to me. Yes. Just drops that and waits while she notices mm-hmm. that he writes something down. Mm-hmm. And, like, mentions the hotel rooms and the perfume and how... And, and it's like she, this is her incredibly uh, distant way of getting a message to Don. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. So she's hoping that the therapist will tell Don, hey, he thinks she's just got this idea that you were faith- not faithful to her. Right. I never even thought of that. Look at you. Look at you analysizing. I I was like, why is she dropping this out of nowhere and looking so cheeky? Yeah. But listen, my brain's a little slow today. But that's, I mean, yeah, that's totally why. 
Yeah. She just learned that those two are in cahoots. Yeah, because everything else she says... Well, she's, she's, she starts by talking about her mom and, and Thanksgiving. Right. And I didn't realize how not very long ago her mom had died. Or how recently. That's how you say that word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think My her mom dies right before the series begins. So it's within... And that was in March. Yeah, and I mean... So her it's mom, within a year. Right. Her mom was still around... At Thanksgiving exactly. last year. Yeah. So, yeah, March it, would be not very yeah. long at all. But the way that it sounds to me is when she first starts... Do you see my cat just, I like, love walking it. in front of this? Um, I love it. When she first starts talking, it's almost like she's just giving a rehearsed... Here are the things that I talk about. It's right. almost Thanksgiving. I miss my mommy. It's so hard to keep, you know, the schedule. Right. Uh, and, you know... Can't help but think I'd be happy if my husband was faithful to me. Right. She just drops that. That's what she really wants. That's that's when you're buying condoms, but you buy like some deodorant and some cliff bars and stuff on either side of it mm-hmm. so that they don't notice that your real focus <laughs> is and so you're just distracted by every. It's just like no, you just buy a whole bunch right, of different things. Right. Nothing is more important than anything else. So that's that's Betty being sneaky. She's very sneaky. She's very sneaky. And then we get to what is one of the like defining Don Draper pitches of the whole series. Holy moly! I was. What'd you think? I was ready for him to just start crying. I was like, at what right? point is he just breaking down? Because it yeah. seems like at any minute. And I was also expecting for pictures of Adam to be snuck in there. Mm. I just kept waiting. Like, he he was going backward in time. Yeah. And I was like, we're going to see some old Dick and Adam pictures. That would have been. Because he just can't help himself. Yeah. But, no, that whole pitch was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then I wondered, I mean, I'm sure it is, but is the carousel what those were actually called? It is. I remembered to look it up. The carousel projector, it, like, literally, the first one was on the market in, like, 1961. So I think it's even time-wise kind yeah. of accurate. And then, like, it was around. It might still be around. but I mean, I for... remember seeing those as a kid. Yeah. And they were called carousel. It's such a... It's one of those things. It's like, what a great pitch this is. And and that happens in this show where they he will pitch actual advertising campaigns. And... That's fun. And even, like, I mean, the first one, Lucky Strike, it's toasted. Like, that's a real thing. Right. But, yeah, the way he changes it from a wheel to a carousel. Right. And, again, all about family. It's all about family. All about family. I read, one of the articles I read said that, like, he convinces himself. Like, in the middle yes. of this. He, it's, this is kind of what makes him realize, oh, maybe I actually do want to spend Thanksgiving with my family. Yes. I mean, this was his Sterling in the hospital, seeing Mona walk in yeah. moment of like, shit, I really kind of mm-hmm. do love my wife. Yeah. Like going back yeah. and seeing her pregnant and seeing little mm-hmm. tiny Sally and mm-hmm. their wedding pictures. And like the family that he didn't have as a child. Oh, here it is. Mm-hmm. What am I doing with myself? Mm-hmm. Exactly. The woman that I've been infatuated with is on a boat to Paris right now, mm-hmm. but I've got an actual family. Yeah. But yeah, that whole thing was so beautiful. And poor Harry. Well, first of all, I loved I loved that whole bit about nostalgia. He says, yeah. what was it? The Greeks? The Greeks say that nostalgia 
is it means pain from an old wound wound a twinge in the heart and i'm like oh that is nostalgia yeah it is a twinge in the heart it's um a powerful i think john hodgman has a lot to say about nostalgia he thinks it can be a negative thing but i think that's based on the fact he's looking at how current pop culture is nothing but nostalgia for whatever was popular when you were a kid yeah <laughs> and people can't get over it yep. but that's like what photographs are all about is remembering well right wounds. right and how you actually feel it you're not just looking at a picture you're experiencing it again mm-hmm. poor harry as soon as he says it mm-hmm. takes you back to the places where you know you're loved <laughs> Harry's like a, oh he just rushes out of the room yeah poor harry but also don't cheat on your wife, so maybe not so poor you. You know, it's a hard lesson to learn sometimes. Yep. And especially, like, look at where he is. Right. And the company he keeps. Right. That's what we like to call natural consequences. It's true. Hey. Hopefully you can learn from it. Mm-hmm. And not drink so much creme de menthe. <laughs> so they all celebrate because... They like Kodak. They cancel all their other meetings. So I like, love their faces when Duck is yeah. like, "Good luck with the other meeting." The Kodak <laughs> guys are just like yeah. blinking and bleary eyed. <laughs> that was so great. I loved yeah. that shot. And then yeah, they've canceled all their meetings. Mm-hmm. They're they're coming to us. They're coming to Sterling Cooper, and so all the boys are celebrating in Don's office, and Don decides that he's found the perfect writer. For Pete's Clearasil account, it's I a young woman. It. You know, young ladies, they have pimples too. Calls in Peggy, and Pete gets fucking pissed. Oh, yeah. Like he's being punished. I loved with it. Peggy. He says she's, she's not even a writer, she's yeah. a secretary, whatever he says. Uh huh. And Don's like, Peggy, get in here. Congrats, <laughs> you're a junior, cop- junior copywriter. Oh, it's so good. I love will- it. She says, I will do my sincere best. My sincere best. Well, before before he brings her in, we have that moment with Ken. Where, well, they're like, well, mm-hmm. Rumsfeld loves her and, and whatever. And Ken's like, yeah, you, you should have seen her in the booth. She's yeah. great. Like, he yeah. has a sincere, like, um, moment of praise for her where he was like, she mm-hmm. can fucking do this. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's not just a throwaway thing at this point. It's like, hey, she's proven herself on a couple different accounts, it's time. Mm-hmm. I read that this scene where they are all in the office, there's a moment like that in the pilot episode. I'm thinking after the Lucky Strike successful meeting. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a scene with Peggy and Joan, and Joan is walking her to her new desk. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly what happens in the pilot episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really fun. Joan walks her to, like, a, an office with two guys, like a dude you've never seen before. Right. right. <laughs> and so- I wrote, damn, Joan, striped top and big hips. I literally wrote, damn, that dress. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, it's the season finale. Damn. And I, you are not going to forget Joan. Holloway? Holloway. I was going to say Crawford, yes. but that's not... You won't forget her either. <laughs> She's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, no, that dress was fire. Yeah. And Joan is kind of counseling her in a couple different ways. 
and she says sometimes when people get what they want they realize how limited their goals were Mm -hmm. which is almost like telling peggy you know keep shooting up right you've only been here six months and you've got this promotion but also to think of the other girls or they won't think of you Mm -hmm. as they're walking past all so is peggy gonna get a secretary like do those guys have secretaries those copywriters i don't know i i'm i'm i would I don't remember is the answer. Yeah. I would guess there might be like one secretary for more than one. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. assigned to like a batch. Mm -hmm. I noticed that like same how uh, an episode or two ago when Pete was just naming random employees of Sterling Cooper. It's like, oh, there's a lot more people that work at Sterling Cooper than the, you know, 10 people that we see. Right. And... All of the, like, hot stuff is happening in that main area, mm-hmm. but Peggy is just being sent to the far reaches right. of, like, she's not at the cool kids table anymore. No. Nope. No. It's gonna- she's- I feel like she's gonna have a less good time. Possibly. She... And that is a tiny, cramped little office. Mm-hmm. With a dude. With a dude who's just chain-smoking. Yeah. You know what? She doesn't feel too good, though. She ain't feeling great! She, she had a bad sandwich. She needs to go to the doctor because her tummy hurts. So what, uh, what's up with that? What happened? Well, okay, what's going on? So at first I was like, oh, she realizes this is not going to be as fun as I thought. I'm not mm-hmm. feeling too well. I'm overwhelmed by this creepy man and this tiny office. And I just need to get out of here. And she goes to the doctor and the doctor is immediately like, well, congratulations. You're expecting uh-huh. And she's like, it's not possible. It's, didn't she get on birth control? Wasn't that, that like, in the first episode? She goes... I know. She went to the doctor for it. Yeah. She gets the She gets the doctor's name from Joan. Yeah. And she says, oh, I have bad cramps or whatever. And she gets a prescription mm-hmm. for birth control. Yeah. I remember that happening. Now, whether or not she's been taking it, who knows? Right. But that was, like, that whole plot point. That, like, she's this unmarried woman. Why do you need birth control? You ain't supposed to be getting laid. Mm Mm-hmm. She's in pain. So then I was like, when he's feeling around her tummy and she's like, I'm in pain, I'm in pain. I'm like, oh, it's appendicitis. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, you're pregnant. And she's still like, ow, ow. And I love when the doctor was like, call Dr. So-and-so in psych. Ah. That she's, like, having some sort of psychotic break or something. Uh Uh-huh. So I just want to know, like, I remember... And it is like an image that flashes through my head whenever I think of it. The first time she, like, doubles over in pain, and I realized that she was pregnant, and it was just like this giant wave of exciting surprise that washed over me. Yes, it was It was very surprising. But the surprise comes the next time we see Peggy, for me. Really? Yeah. I mean, that was surprising in and of itself. Yeah. Okay. Are we going to jump ahead to what this all leads to? Or are we going to go scene by scene? Because there's a scene in between. Let's let's go scene by scene because that's what we've done. Okay. Pete goes home drunk. Drunk as a skunk. Walks and... into the whole family just like sitting there waiting yeah. for him. <laughs> like, hello, yeah. sex maker. Yeah. <laughs> Trudy's ovulating. <laughs> we've been waiting for you. Give her that sweet, sweet semen. Yeah, we need a little Campbell juice. Oh, no. 
Ugh. And he lies and was like, we were they were having a party at the office. Yep. And he just drops um, his coat in the yeah. hallway. But, like, what was he drinking about? Just that He's pissed, Peggy yeah. has to work for... Like, what did he think was going to happen? Right. That Don Draper would be on his Clearasil account right. or something? Now we, now we get okay. to the really surprising scene. Go ahead, Ashley. How <laughs> did she just have a full-on baby? Yeah. Okay, first of all, let's think about it this way. This is now okay. November. We meet yes. Peggy in March, like mid-March. Yes. Yeah. March to November is only eight months. Okay. That's not even the full length, full term length. Okay. Yeah. Which, okay. Some people deliver early. That's understandable. Uh-huh. That's fine. How did homegirl never notice that she was pregnant? Yeah. In eight months, you ain't skipped a period. Okay. Now maybe if you're on birth control, mm-hmm. you wouldn't. But also if you're on birth control and you're, I have a lot of questions about how she yeah. carried this child to term. Have you never seen Surprise, I'm Pregnant? Okay, What's that so called? now listen. My best friend Heather was obsessed with that show. What's the name of it? I think it is like Surprise, I'm Pregnant or Surprise, <laughs> a baby's coming out of me or Oops, I pooped a baby or something. <laughs> Oopsie poopsie, there's a baby, I think is the name of that show. I don't, I didn't know I was pregnant. I didn't know I was I mean, that's oh, the same. Or unex- Unexpected. <laughs> So my best friend Heather was obsessed with that show. Okay. And we were always like, how could you possibly not know that you were pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it happens sometimes. Clearly there's two whole shows about it. But yeah. she was always terrified that she yeah. was pregnant and not knowing it. And yeah. like anytime she slept with anyone ever, like she was on birth control, they were safe, whatever. Mm-hmm. So she uh, would... she's going to be so glad you're talking about this. <laughs> she will. She'll think it's funny. But I remember one time, it was probably like March or April or something, and she was like, I'm just freaking out. I took a pregnancy test, and it's negative, but those can be wrong sometimes. And she's like, I figure if I don't have a baby by November, I probably wasn't pregnant. (laughs) Man, foolproof is what that is. That's how you, ladies, listen up. If you want to know whether or not you're pregnant, just wait eight or nine months. (laughs) It's called God's pregnancy <laughs> But, so here is Peggy. I was not, okay, when she started doubling over in pain, yeah. I was like, she's having a miscarriage. Okay. That's what's happening. Like, she's suddenly feeling ill. She's having a uh-huh. lot of pain. She can't be that far along. And when he has her put her hand on her tummy, he's like, do you feel that? What was she feeling? The baby kicking? And if she can feel it now, why wasn't she feeling it all that time? That's why he had to call the psych ward. Because she's delusional a little bit. Okay. Like, she's got, I mean, I, I think I think she was just very career-focused. And, hmm. and it, that's just, I don't know, I've never had a surprise baby. <laughs> well, I've had several babies. None of them without knowing that I was pregnant. Believe me, I defer to you on almost every pregnancy uh, experience and knowledge. It's just, and the fact, okay, now let, like, here's what also bothers me about babies on television. Okay. Whenever there's a newborn, it yeah. looks like a three-month-old fucking baby. Because it is, yeah. right? They can't get real newborns. Yeah. The, the few times that I've seen a show where they actually had a disgusting-looking newborn, <laughs> I was like, spot on. That's great. Yeah. But in this case, if uh-huh. she was only seven and a half, eight months pregnant, that baby's going to yeah. be little. Yeah. Just use a doll. 
Like you don't yeah. have to show the real dumbass three month old baby. Yeah, it just didn't add. Up. It's like the the non nineteen sixties bra. You have a non premature baby, and I'm annoyed. Maybe this is a callback to the pilot, <laughs> where it's like, here, it's one anachronism. <laughs> one thing is off. It could it could be, but that that was yeah. very shocking to me that she actually like had a full on baby. Because I was expecting it to go a more different kind of way. So it didn't surprise you that she was pregnant. It, did it surprised surprise you me. that she had a healthy baby. Well, it surprised me more, I should say. It surprised yeah. me. It was, it was more shocking. See, that didn't do anything for all me. Right. Like, I was like, all right, she had a baby. Cool. Like, that was, that's an interesting perspective. And thank you for sharing it. <laughs> I mean, but like, you see her. Explains why she got so fat, fat. It. Well, right. Like, and so had you at any point in her weight gain, had it crossed your mind that maybe is she pregnant? No. So how good is that? That a a show where the fact that she has sex twice with a married man is a huge plot point that doesn't really get too much visited. Mm -hmm. And then she gains weight over the course of several months. And you never suspect that's pretty good that she's pregnant. That's, that's like pretty good, really remarkable yeah. to me. And they keep and they discuss her weight. Right, they, they bring it up. It's an issue, and I think, but everybody just drives it in a different direction. Yeah, well, and I think and, too their choice to add the jowls and like fatten out her face. Yeah, helps because not always when you get pregnant, mm-hmm. especially when you start out so thin. Yeah. She was very thin. It wasn't like she was heavy set to begin with. Mm-hmm. Normally for those kinds of women, it's just all in the belly. Yeah. Right? Like your face changes a bit and like your nose spreads, your feet spread, mm-hmm. like parts of you spread, <laughs> spread yeah. unfortunately. But I mean, she had like full on jowls and it looked like yeah. girl was just getting fat. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I liked that. And, yeah. and like, that's another thing that I never brought up before when you would point out how her... <laughs> ankles and wrists were thin is like women will do that where they right. gain most of their weight in certain they areas. don't gain it in their arms yeah and right it, i think it's you know different women will definitely be different well and certainly like certain pregnant women right like you will mm-hmm. you'll gain that weight in all sorts of different places yeah. and that's yeah. definitely a thing but i think that helped the fact that they weren't just fattening up her belly yeah helped that... to take yeah. the viewer's mind from that right and there weren't like Oh, she's got morning sickness now. Oh, she's really cranky differently. Like they right. they didn't do any of that stuff. Right. But she really is in denial. Like she's she won't even look at she, that baby. She won't look at it, that baby. And you know what? The focus of the whole series is a man whose mother who lost his mother when oh. he was born. And now she a has bastard created... child at that. Mhm. A bastard child that lost from a married man. Mm-hmm. Mm. And what has Peggy done? She's created a bastard child from a married man that she doesn't yeah. want. Huh? Oh, and look at them go. Pete's in-laws, who are so desperate, desperate for him to have a child, and guess what? He did. He had a he had a baby today. He had a, a little boy, and doesn't even know it. Damn. So then we have. Just to finish out the episode, Don gets on what's clearly like a holiday train mm-hmm. home. Everybody's partying. 
And he comes home and like Don says he's coming with the family to vac- to Thanksgiving and Betty's all happy. But then we find out that was a dream. Daydream, yeah. Which I don't like. I don't like it when movies or TV shows have alternate fake right. versions. Yeah. I think that's cheap. Well, especially when it isn't a device that you use often. It's one thing if you have developed, like, they've developed the flashback, Mm -hmm. right? But they have not developed this idea of, like, a a fantasy other kind of world that you see play out. Yeah. And, like, The Sopranos, which is where Matthew Weiner was born, like, (laughs) it has several dream sequences Mm -hmm. where Tony Soprano is, is having a dream. But, like... You figure it out pretty quickly, normally because someone who has died mm. is talking. And so it's not hiding the ball from you. Right. It's not tricking you. Right. I don't like it. That's, I don't know. When it's, it's playing out dirty. Like that, yeah. But in real life, the house is empty. And so like he, he wanted, it looks like he actually was hoping he was going to get to go to Thanksgiving. Yeah. He yeah. He wanted to, he wanted them all to drive down in the car. Yeah. But, and then the series, the season ends with one of the greatest Bob Dylan songs of all time. Don't think twice. It's all right. So suck it, Ashley. <laughs> as soon as I realized it was Bob Dylan, I was like, Kate's going to have words for me. <laughs> yeah. And they are. Suck it. <laughs> um, for the listeners at home, I think Bob Dylan is terrible. And Kate is very angry at me for that opinion. I think that's a bad opinion. <laughs> Well, can, and it's your fault. Can I just say, I just don't like his voice. I think he's an excellent songwriter. I very much enjoy covers of Bob Dylan songs. Does okay, that make you fine. like me any better? I mean, there's still no reason to pass such harsh judgment on him. <laughs> well, that's what Because I his voice, and particularly in Don't Think Twice era. That actually fine. wasn't too bad. I will yeah. say it was, that wasn't so bad. It wasn't the, the the latter just sort of talking type singing. Yeah. Which, <laughs> uh, we don't need to go any further in that. <laughs> I just know Matthew Weiner has a great uh, taste in music. Because right. it's my taste in music. <laughs> so yeah, like you mentioned before, the penultimate episode of this season was more Big Bang finale yeah. style. Because we actually find out Don's history. Right. But it kind of makes it more significant that this is the episode that was the actual finale. Mm-hmm. When Don figures out that he actually wants a family. Right. And, and then doesn't have it. He's chasing something to fill that hole that was left. Yeah. And that he ran away from. He's like one step late at every turn. He's yeah. just too late to get back in touch with Adam. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, not necessarily mm-hmm. too late with Mama Merkin, but kind of like, yeah, you he's know, gone. Right. You know, he, he can't like go apologize to her or anything. Right. He's out. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. He's definitely about to be a step too late with, with Betty. She's figuring mm-hmm. him out and she's about to go off and marry Glenn. They're going to have a, a, a wonderful life together. Yeah. He's on his way to steal your girl. <laughs> With his two front teeth missing. Yeah. And his little mitten paws. Yeah. What else What else can we say about this last episode? 
the whole first season? You've watched yes. the entire season of Mad Men, I Ashley. How do you feel about it. it? I feel accomplished. Let me tell you. Okay. This is yeah. a show I was wanting to watch since it aired. Mm. And just never found the time. Like, the, the timing didn't work out. Yeah. Um, And then I felt overwhelmed with trying to start it. Okay. Because it's so... It, it was such a cultural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And so big and so long. I was like, well, I can't watch it now. It, it's already happened. That's also how I feel about the uh marvel cinematic universe oh there's just too much yeah and also star wars there's too much of that i just Um, can't start now i will say that mad men is much more rewarding than either of those (laughs) film series (laughs) all right i i think about especially like in quarantine like should i just watch the entire marvel cinematic universe which i don't know how many of them you've seen i've actually seen most of them but i don't actually want to see I don't care about yeah, any of them. I've seen very few. Are the X-Men in the Marvel universe? They are Marvel characters, but those okay. movies are not in the okay. MCU. The Noah. I've seen the first Guardians of the Galaxy. That's, you know what? If you're going to see one, that's probably the one it to see. It was great. It was a great <laughs> yeah. one. And I think uh-huh. that's where my list ends. That's very, that's respectable. <sighs> yeah, if we can't count the X-Men movies. so No, because also with the X-Men, like actors in the x-men movies have played other members of the other MCU. characters yeah it's a real mess all right thank god that's not what our about. podcast is about <laughs> what a nightmare that would be yeah this is the first of many great seasons of television i'm so happy that I'm you're excited. watching it i like it i'm all in you're in are you willing to watch another season <laughs> yes please Okay, good, 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 good. Now, I'm going to give this episode... Oh, yeah. I'm going to give it... 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Two large babies. Just too big <laughs> for their age. Okay. 8 out of 10, two large babies. And I'm going to give the whole season... Mm-hmm. Um, 9 out of 10 smoking trash cans. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Or you know what? I'm I, I'm going to that's too specific to this episode. Okay. I'm going to give it 9 out of 10 highball glasses. Mm. Now that's classy. Mhm. And there's a lot of those. In <laughs> there's every a lot of those. All right. Do you want to do a prediction for season 2 episode 1 or just season 2 generally? Oh, I'm going to do both. Okay. I'm going to I'm got... going to keep general simple. All right. My pre- my prediction for season two overall mm-hmm. is that some shit is going to happen. All right. <laughs> <laughs> some shit going to go down. Now. Hard to deny. Season two, episode one. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I think we're opening up in 1961. Okay. I think we're out Whoa. of 1960. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're back in March again. Maybe every season runs March to November. It would be a very, you know clean symmetry if they did that. I would like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm going to say we're in 1961. I'm not going to give a month. Um, Peggy's baby is just growing exponentially. <laughs> it was too large uh-huh. to begin with and now it's a yeah. few months old. It's maybe like three, four months old. Uh-huh. But it looks like a seven-year-old. Yes. Because um, it just can't can't stop, won't stop. Mm-hmm. Pete sees the baby around the office because what the fuck else is she gonna do she doesn't she still doesn't uh-huh. acknowledge it she just yeah. <laughs> she just brings it and leaves it there 
Uh-huh. And he starts to remember about his own exponential growth. Oh. That he had as a child. Because yeah. this in this day, Pete looks like what could be a grown man, but he's really <laughs> only 14. Oh, that's a is that something we will find out or is that just a fact? I think we're going to I think we're going to find it out as he sees this exponential growth baby. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, shit, that must be mine. I didn't even know yeah. these boys were working yet. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the Campbell gene runs strong. Mm-hmm. Yep. Betty is just mm-hmm. falling off the deep end. Now, I know that I say this every time. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I understand that I have been predicting uh-huh. since pretty much ep one that yeah. Betty just falls off. <laughs> I'm going to do it again. <laughs> okay. She is now stalking Glenn. <gasps> okay. She's hanging out outside of his window and he says, my mommy says you can't come in. And she says, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> she's outside his bedroom window on the second floor. She's on a ladder. Wow. And he's like, you, I'm in my jammies. And she says, I don't care. <laughs> um, and she confronts Don mm-hmm. about having an affair. And he's like, uh whoa 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 what just like that <laughs> okay and then they move on because that's as much as sh- as she'll get confrontation wise that's i mean what we've seen from her mm-hmm. thus far it makes sense my final prediction is that peggy no 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 i'm sorry bert cooper mm. mm-hmm. is wearing shoes oh, he's damn. going the other direction i used to think he was taking war off but now he's realizing that his new partner kind of doesn't have his shit together. Mm-hmm. And somebody's got to wear the shoes in this office. Okay. Normally you think, who's going to wear the pants? But this time it's who's going to wear the shoes. I love that you have a prediction for Bert, but not for Don. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I respect it. Give me, hit me with some lingo for 1961. Oh, okay. Here we go. I think there's going to be some, <laughs> what you doing, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> we've got to get johnny johnny, johnny has a lot of questions to name, answer that's the name of peggy's baby <laughs> johnny finally makes it and pete says pete when he realizes it's his baby uh-huh. he says, what you doing johnny <laughs> <laughs> Man. Uh-huh. And maybe somebody is gonna um like play Frisbee. I feel like Frisbee <laughs> <laughs> was a thing in the sixties. You just throw in a another prediction <laughs> out there. It's just the pop culture icons that they start yeah. that they put in the show that mm-hmm. it's gonna be Frisbee. Yeah. I mean it stands to reason. Yeah. Yeah, um, so I'm I'm excited to see how closely yes my Mad Stradamus uh, works out to be. I am confident Thanks. that all of those things happen. Thank you. In season two, episode one, <laughs> uh, I'd like to just thank everyone out there who's been listening to all thirteen of no, well, fourteen of our episodes. I hope yep. your experience of Mad Men has been enhanced <laughs> by our excellent recap skills. Mm-hmm. And very bad research. Very bad research. It's usually happening as we're recording. Yes. Which is all right. optimal. It's all right. And until then, merry madmen to all. And 
and to uh-huh. all a good, a good night. Fuck, that's all right. Next season, season two. I'll get there. Thank you for listening to Mad Women. Mad Women is engineered by Ashley Davis, music by Kate E. Britt, and graphics by Dylan Anderson. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RadMadWomen. Been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.